Hello, Rich Bolas here. A big thank you for downloading the Dad Mindset Podcast, where we explore different perspectives on fatherhood with the aim of becoming less bad at being a dad. This episode, I interview Tom Lynch. Tom takes us back through his early memories of learning piano as a boy to finding his passion for guitar and banjo. Some of the topics we get onto are calming your child down with ACDC's Back in Black, using the id, the ego and the superego as a lens to view your kid's behaviour, and that favourite we tend to have a love-hate relationship, swearing in front of the kids. I hope you enjoy this interview with Tom Lynch. Tom Lynch, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Rich. Pleasure. It's uh, it's great to finally get together and have a chat about this. It's I've been meaning to talk with you for some time on this. You know, uh, we we often uh, have a, have chats on the beach after getting out of the the water on a Saturday morning swim. That's right. And uh, it's never long enough, so uh, it's finally good to get down and um, get the mics on and 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 talk about some of the stuff we talk about. Um, Post swimming, yeah, it's awesome to be here, not freezing toes and, <laughs> and and busting to get back into the car. Oh, it's amazing how the water temperatures dropped off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was this morning was the first morning for me that I started getting the ice cream headache and like and felt cold. And you and you get more tired if it's cold. I, I feel anyway. Yeah, so totally. Like, yeah, so I was getting more and more wrecked as we kept going. Yeah, last week I found the there's a bit of edge because like afterwards having coffees. My hands, I couldn't stop them shaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's my feet. My feet are the first things to go. And if I if my feet are gone, the rest of me are done. And I can just sort of start, you can feel it from the tips of your toes and it sort of makes its way up. And it was just starting to go today. And so I reckon the next couple of weeks it's going to get, it'll be dicey. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to push, I'm going to maintain the no wetsuit um, swimming for as long as I can. Ah, good work. Yeah, I caved this morning. <laughs> I noticed that. <laughs> I, was, I managed it last week and yeah. I was thinking, but I don't know what, was, what I was thinking today. I knew I had to be back quick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, so... Um, well, I think as Jay said, you were moving like you were going to be back quick. <laughs> no, yeah. a bit of A bit of rubber to keep the float up That's and you're right. just flying through the water. It makes such a difference having a wetsuit. Like I never thought it made that much of a difference, but it yeah. absolutely does. It's, it's a minute or two minutes on the little one that we do. Yeah. And then, you know, the bigger ones, it's... It's it's such a massive advantage. Yeah, I mean, some of the racers must really hate it when it's like wetsuit applicable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, up in like up in Sydney, the ones up in Sydney, they like it's almost a no wetsuit policy for all the swims. Like the water's warm enough that they can you know not have to use the wetsuits. Yeah, um, but that evens the playing field a little bit. Yeah, but saying that, I mean, if you can if you can crank along without a wetsuit. It's, I mean, and, and you and Adam are flying through the water. It's uh, yeah. definitely a good target to keep inside. Yeah, but it's still only May. We'll see what happens in July. Yeah. July and August. It's going to drop right down, isn't it? Water temperature. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be freezing. Nice. But it, I mean, it's been good because it'll almost be a year that we started swimming in June. I think it was June 1st that we started last year. Yep. That's awesome. So. Yeah, it's good to see that we started at the start of the winter. Yep, and made it all the way through. Yeah, you should have to have to something do something to celebrate the um, the memorial, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. the one year celebrations. That's right. Yeah, everyone, everyone survived. No one's you know, been, right. been lost or taken by. Touch wood. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> oh no, you've done it now. Tom. I think that's enough of that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to follow that one any yeah. further. Um, awesome. So, basically, can you give us a bit of a backstory on yourself, Tom? Yep. Um, I currently 35 35 years old married with two children four and a one-year-old 
Um, I've lived down here in Torquay for the last five years. Um, I grew up in Ivanhoe in Melbourne, so in the sort of eastern suburbs of Melbourne. Um, went to uh, the local Catholic primary school in Ivanhoe and then moved to Xavier College, which is a uh, Jesuit private school. And after that, um, stayed at home and, and went to university at La Trobe University. And did a, I started off doing a, what's called a, um, a Western culture. It was, it was law and a Western culture degree. But the Western culture degree, it was, it was a really good degree set up by um, what at the time was sort of La Trobe's rock star academics. It was Robert Mann, John Carroll and John Hurst. John Hurst, is, he died a couple of years ago, unfortunately. But it was the idea was it to be it was a, to replace an arts degree, and so that you you know learn all about the pillars that put together Western culture, whether it be through um, you know ancient times, Renaissance, um, and then sort of modern politics as well. And so it sort of covered sociology, um, sociology, you know, history, um, and sort of politics all through. So that was that was a really interesting. That sort of kept me sane whilst I stumbled through my law degree, and then after that, I I didn't. Um, I didn't perform well enough in my law studies. I was I was a, I was I was a terrible student. I can relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> I um the whole the whole time through my through my university, I, I worked at the same time. So I probably spent more hours. I probably worked more hours in than I did now. I worked in pubs and and also a couple of office jobs during the week. So I was I I never attended any lectures, never attended any classes, and and as a result, got horrible horrible marks. Which kind of limited my options for uh, a job afterwards. So I had some friends that were um, in the that grew up around the northeast, around Wangaratta, and um, and sort of in the Riverina as well. And I liked the area, so I thought maybe I'll try apply for a job with um, a law firm up in Albury, and got the job up in Albury. And so they moved um, up to Albury for to work for them for about eighteen months. At the time, my girlfriend, my current wife, Steph, she was in Canberra. And so we did a bit of, we every weekend we'd commute and drive from Albury to Canberra and, you know, and vice versa. Um, so that was about, about sort of a three-hour, three-and-a-half-hour trip on a Friday night. I was going to say, that's a fair old trip. <laughs> yeah, but it was brilliant. It was a really good way to sort of finish off the week. I, I really enjoyed it, sort of finishing off the week and jumping in the car and putting on a CD, whether it was, you know, I was sort of exploring sort of some some new sort of styles of music which was old styles of music so i'd sort of just put in you know what like uh i think at the time was sort of johnny cash and charlie daniels and a few of those sort of older sort of country guys i was living in the country so i had to explore the country you know the country artists yeah. right so um we'd do that first so we lived in Albury for 18 months and we so i yeah i was there for 18 months steph moved down with me after about 12 months and so she was back in um, she lived with me in Albury for about six months, but there was no jobs there for her. So she had, she had took a massive pay cut and um, and t- and took what was essentially a grad job, which she was you know she, she was way too smart for that. So she moved back to Melbourne, and I moved back to Melbourne after that. Moved back in Melbourne for about two years, and then moved back up to Canberra. I took a job with the Attorney General's Department up there, and Steph got a job at KPMG up in Canberra. And then um, we moved from Canberra. We were there for about another eighteen months. And then moved from Canberra back to Melbourne. We'd bought a house previously, so we moved back into a house and lived down there for about 18 months. And then moved to, bought a house in Jark, in Jan Jark. So we moved, we moved there in December 2014. So, yeah, no, December 2013. And then we had our first child, Will, in September 2014. 
and then um, and we've been living in the same place ever since. And and um, Ella was born in August 2017, so there's almost exactly three years apart between them. And in the meantime, I've been I was working in a private law firm in Geelong, um, and ended up uh, money sort of in commercial disputes and commercial litigation. Ended up um, being a partner in that firm, and then left. Um, I sort of decided it wasn't for me and um, didn't want to be a part of that anymore and, and left and am now running the uh, in-house commercial team at, at WorkSafe. WorkSafe moved to Geelong gotcha. about yeah. 12 months ago. And so um, I've been, yeah, there for, there for about 12 months and, you know, living the dream, living the dream in Jan Jack and juggling the work-life balance with the work and the, with the kids. Oh, totally. Two questions jump out straight away because I know your family – is steeped in lawyers, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, how many lawyers in your family? Um, in my immediate, out of the six of six, six of us, so I've got four brothers and sisters. So, out of the six of us, in my immediate family, four of us are lawyers. Um, I've also got two uncles, two, three uncles, um, four or five cousins, uh, other another uncle, and. My grandfather was uh, had his own practice in a country practice as well, so there's probably about eleven or twelve of us <laughs> in, within, within one or two generations. <laughs> probably, probably more actually, because we yeah. If you look at the sort of cousins, second cousins that have fallen through, there's there's a lot of us in there. What do you think it is? Something, uh, something in the water. <laughs> something in the water. <laughs> none, none of us are very creative, so <laughs> so we've only we've only gone one path. We haven't, you know, I don't know, it's just a way to, way to do it. Right. Well, it's, I mean, it certainly worked out well. Yeah, yeah, it's been, it's, it's good. We've all got something to talk about, something, you know. <laughs> yeah. Something I imagine Christmas dinners would be quite interesting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Very boring lawyer, lawyer talk. No, it's it, like we all do different areas and we've got our own thing. And, and to be honest, when, when, when it gets to home, we try not to, I, I try not to talk about work because I find talking about work outside of work yep. uh, possibly one of the most tedious <laughs> things to do. <laughs> Just put up the hand. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at least you know what people are talking about. You can get involved in the conversations and some people are doing some interesting things. Right. Even, gotcha. even, if, um, even if I'm not. Now, you mentioned that you're not very creative and that's mm. not true, is it? Because you're actually quite musical. Uh, I, I, I listen to a lot of music and I play a few instruments um, casually at home. Um, I've got... Uh, I've got a couple of guitars and a, and a banjo and a, a uh, harmonica and a piano that I sort of tinker along with when I can. Um, I've got a beautiful 52 um, reissue Telecaster with a, um, a blues deluxe amp, which is way too loud. Sounds amazing. <laughs> it's 40 watts, so if you turned it up anywhere near, it would, it would literally blow the roof off. That's like the speaker at the start of Back to the Future, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So neither to say that hasn't been switched on for, <laughs> for at least four and a half years. Just when, just when Steph leaves yeah, for, for the weekend. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and the neighbours have all moved out. That's right. Doing something. Just try and blow the roof off it. Um, what would be your favourite out of all those instruments? I play, I, I, I play the acoustic guitar most regularly because it's easiest to get to and it's it's, uh, it, it's easier to sort of just sort of noodle along and play along with. The fa- my favourite is, is definitely the Telecaster. It's just I just think it's a it's it's a work of art. Like it's just a beautiful instrument. Even if it doesn't get played as much as it should. It just it like, it looks great. It's it's the same it's the same guitar as you can think of. Um, the sort of sort of classic archetypal 
pictures of, of Springsteen. Right. That sort of working man's, like the, the Telecaster is sort of the country, the working man's guitar. Iconic. Yeah, it's sort of iconic yellow um, with a black pickguard. It's, 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 it's a beautiful instrument. <laughs> okay. And it, it, it gets butchered by me. <laughs> I do get guilt. I do feel guilty sometimes that it doesn't get the, um, the attention and love that it deserves, but... Well, you have been busy for the last four years as well. That's right. I mean, Will's four. Maybe, maybe one day. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And and have the kids picked up any of the instruments at all? Mm. They sort of, you know, they they tinker along at the piano a little bit. Yeah. They go and sort of bash it around, and and they try and have a bit of fun. Because you there. started on the piano, didn't you? Yep. Yeah, I, I played a bit of piano early on. So and how old were you when you started? Probably about, I think probably. Uh, I think I said eight or nine before, but probably a bit earlier than that, probably six or seven. Gotcha. And and you said that you thought that it was probably one of the best int- instruments to start off with. Yeah, I think it's pretty intuitive the way that it sort of runs up. The you can really see the notes as you as they sort of are on the um, you know they're on the piano. Like you can see the you know a to a to g. Yeah. As, as they're going. This through. one's higher. That one's lower. Yeah, it's, exactly, yeah. exactly. And it starts at C, and it's like C's right in the middle, and you can go either way. It's good. Um, but I, 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 whilst I, I know how to play the piano, I, I didn't have fun. Yeah. Didn't you enjoy lessons? No, no, no. I had a really horrible time. <laughs> and I, how long did you have to suffer through that? Then? Uh, I think I was forced to do it for about eight or nine years. But oh, I used to, well, I had, we had a couple of different teachers, but one of them was, I, I can't remember her name, but she was, um, she lived up around the corner from us up the street. And I used to have to walk to her house for the lessons. The longest mile. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but she was this heavily overweight, heavily obese, older woman. Lovely lady, but <laughs> she was. Lo- I'm, I'm sure she, she wasn't lovely to me. I'm sure. I'm sure she was lovely. She's. I can't. I can't imagine she'd still be alive. But so I can say what I want. <laughs> and I can't remember her name, so she can't be identified. But, um, but she used to sit in the corner of the room. And then she would often, she, and she'd say, don't tell your parents, but I've got someone else coming in. So she would have someone that was a better student that would come in, like often, a, you know, a, a, a Chinese primary school um, student that would come in and they would play beautifully on the piano. And, and they were like six years younger. Yeah, you exactly. Something. And she'd have me in the corner. It's like doing um, you know, theory, just the most boring things oh, really? all the time. And she was massive. She never got out of her chair. She had a stick, which she used to whack against the piano when you got it wrong. And every now and then when she was getting hungry, she would use a bell and her husband would come in and the husband was the opposite. Like he was like lurch from the Adams family. He like <laughs> had to stoop down through the door, like bringing his uh, plate of cakes oh, wow. for this piano teacher. And it really left a mark on Oh me. my gosh. And you made it through like eight or nine years and of she, lessons. Yeah, exactly. And it was all classical. So it was, I found it completely boring and horrible. But yeah. it was when I picked up the guitar that it was sort of about sort of 14 or 15 that Gotcha. Sort of explore what you wanted to do and, and play what you wanted to play. It was That was more interesting for me. But looking back, are you glad that you actually did the lessons and the theory and that sort of thing? Is a- it- yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was it's, painful as it was. As painful as it was at the time, but that's sort of like that's once that's embedded in you, you can't get rid of it. Yeah. And it helps you sort of understand all the other musical stuff going forward. So and with I- with Will and Ella, do you think you'll actually get them playing the piano first or encourage them at least? I think it would be good to them for to them to understand that, that first principles, that really sort of basic um, that theory. Just work. It's it's the same as anything. It's like a mechanic. You work out how something works, then it's going to be with you for the rest of your life. It's going to be easier. Like whether it's you know skiing or surfing or playing tennis or whatever it is, if you can get those basics right from a kid, then you, you you'll be out. It's a it's a gift that you'll be able to have forever, even if they're not enjoying it. Yeah. And if they're not having a good time doing it. 
I mean, do you feel like you'll teach them or would you outsource that to someone, uh, a piano teacher? I, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. Um, I think they'll probably learn better from somebody else. I think they'll probably <laughs> stop and listen to somebody else a little bit better. But um, I'm not sure what the cost of piano teachers are these days. Well, it's interesting. I spoke to Ben, um, one of uh, our friends that we went camping with last week, and he's a piano teacher. And he said he's given up teaching kids because he he just gets so disenchanted with kids just not being interested. And and he hasn't figured out how to inspire them to be interested as much. But he said adults, on the other hand, are great because they've paid the money. They're really invested. And he he says it's such a pleasure to teach. Yeah. I suppose, uh, I mean, with with Will and Ella, like how, how many hours do you reckon you'd have to put in, say, if you started at age... Seven. Is it like three uh, years, five years? I think uh, every I don't day? know. To be to be competent or to be to, to be good, I think yeah, you'd probably need an hour a day for you know five to ten years. And oh. but it also it also comes down to their own, yeah. um, you know, their own interest in it. If they, if they are really interested in it, then obviously they'll pick up things and, and move yeah further quicker than if they're just paying it lip service and doing it to keep you happy or doing it just because, <laughs> because they have to. Then um. Then it's obviously going to be a long, slow, painful, drawn-out process for everybody. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't a spark for you initially, but the guitar was. Like gu- that really flicked the switch for you. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it changed things. The way, just the way that I learned. Like, I, because I could suddenly do things that I wanted to do, and you could look up things. You know, I've gone. That's it was sort of pre-internet, so I was going and buying books of tab. Yeah, exactly. Things that you wanted to play, and actually being able to do what you wanted to do, sort of. And I and I still can't read guitar like guitar music and 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 I don't understand what I don't know what the notes are on the on the guitar but I enjoy playing a lot more than say the piano that I do understand a little bit better. Right. Okay. Yeah. Huh. And tell me about the banjo. Where did that come from? Ah, uh, that sort of filtered through in the country phase alongside with the um, with the Johnny Cash and Charlie Daniels CDs. Um, I don't, I don't know. I had an interest. I, I, um, I had the soundtrack for Deliverance, so I listened to that a few times. <laughs> Dueling banjo. <Yeah. laughs> I don't know. I should be admitting that. Um, and so picked up a um, a second hand. No, it wasn't second hand. Actually, it was it was new. It was a it was from a it was a uh, demo model in the Orbital Records shop. It was a it's actually a Fender uh, FB fifty four banjo. It's it's an entry level, but it's got a really good sound and. Um, I, yeah, I really enjoyed playing it, but I, I never really put the time into it because it was a little bit harder than I should have done. But it's one of those things that I'd, I'd really like to put a bit more time into and really understand. And not trying to be anything outrageous, not, not trying to do anything sort of Scruggsian or along those lines, but just sort of be able to pick along with you know, with, with the tune or um, or with you know with somebody else would be good. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever played in a band at all, or just got together with friends to jam stuff out? Ah, uh, there's been some very very um, light, um, you know, com- uh, working with people, but not, but not really. It's always sort of been. It's it's been more of a solo thing, where I sort of sort of filter away and sort of do it on my own, and you know, either in a garage or in a room in the house. It's 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 it. Yeah, it, for me, for me, it's more of it's more cathartic to do it solo in my own time rather than sort of doing it with other people. But I, and I, you know, that's said, I'd be happy to 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 you know start collaborating with, with people if the opportunity came up. Yeah. 
Okay. And um, the kids, like, do they ever play, pick up any of the instruments and, and have a bash? I mean, Will's four, so probably yeah. wouldn't like him picking up the fender. That's true. <laughs> no, I've put, I've put them up on the wall so we can't reach them at the moment. <laughs> yeah. No, I think they, ha- they haven't quite got there. Hmm. And um, they seem to be more interested in things that, like, they. No, he's definitely more interested in the cars and the trucks and the, the Lego rather than those at the moment. But hopefully one day. Yeah. He'll start showing some interest. And it's good, like, just having it around them so their environment is sort of surrounded with with you playing music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's, we, like, our, our daily trip into, well, I say three times a week, I'd take them into childcare because we've got childcare in Geelong because I work in Geelong. Um, and then since he was little, we've always had, I've made a playlist for him of songs. So oh, awesome. it's, it started off with sort of the play school, but then it sort of managed to um, to morph into a bit of, Things that he'd be into, like not he'd be into, but things that I could stand listening to. So <laughs> yeah, there's you know, ACDC, and then there's some sort of country stuff in there. Then there's you know songs that I'd be interested in, and and um and he's shown a yeah he's shown a real interest in ACDC. <laughs> it's interesting because um, have you seen the film Megamind with Will Ferrell and Tina Fey? No, <laughs> it's I really like it, and um, it's a cartoon uh, sort of. Um, anti-hero movie and it's got a brilliant soundtrack and yep. the kids really loved it and spotify was ace because you could fire up the soundtrack and it had like acdc um it had guns and roses all this sort of stuff yeah and i was listening to it in the car and they were rocking along this is awesome uh, yeah mega mind mega mind <laughs> and for me it's like this is great yep. i get to listen to all these cool tunes oh <laughs> uh, and for the and for us when you've got sort of 30 to 45 minutes three times a week to be listening to there's a bear in there <laughs> over on repeat yeah you know, it, it's better for my mental health as well as everyone else but then yeah. we, we got in a bit of trouble from ella's not not trouble they thought it was quite funny there was a video that went around that steph took of ella doing the oys to um tnt they said they said tnt she, like she hadn't said a word ever she was 12 months and she was rocking it along doing that was oi, her first oi oi <laughs> <laughs> epic yeah yeah no the, the, the educators looked at us sideways when we first showed in the video yep but now they, they actually to calm her down so she like as kids do they wake up upset and you know they're like you know off kilter they're sort of emotions are off kilter to make to level her out they play her a bit of acdc a bit of back in black or some hell that's hell. awesome yeah back to, in black is the song just to it? find the equilibrium that's right <laughs> What have we done to our daughter? Yeah. <laughs> now, um, like you mentioned earlier about um, just bearing listening to certain music because, you know, it's, it's the, the, the midway between what they like and what you like. Um, but the cartoon Bluey we discussed earlier. Yeah. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because we did touch on it, didn't we? Oh, it's brilliant. It's, it's like it's, it works for the kids, but it's completely aspirational for the parents. I think so too. I, it's almost like, I find it's almost like, it primes you for the mm. day. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And then you sort of, you, you watch an episode and the dad in Bluey is just so much fun and like he's just so understanding and he's quiet and he, he sort of gets his kids. It, it really sort of puts you in the right frame of mind. Yeah. Um, to get going, especially like we said before, especially on a weekend when you can, um, you know, you got to spend, you, you're, um, you're not at work. You're not at work. <laughs> yeah. You've got the privilege to spend a whole day with your children. Yeah, <laughs> you have to sort of frame it that way. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it needed a bit of thought, but he's, but he's, yeah, but he's really empathetic. Like as fun as he is, and he's like he could do with a bit of like a, a few lessons in responsibilities. And, <laughs> and um, 
but yeah, his empathy is just is phenomenal. Yeah, and I, I really like it. The the will comes up now, and I say, "Daddy, Daddy, do you, do you want to watch an episode of Bluey?" And it's not a chore for me. It's not like, "Oh, okay, yeah, let's let's watch some of X TV show." Yeah, it's yeah. like, "Yeah, sure, let's sit and watch this because I find it highly entertaining. He finds it entertaining, and it certainly sets me up for the day." Yeah, exactly. And you can watch five or six of them, and the, and the message, yeah, and you enjoy it, but the message comes through. Yeah, really clearly. Um, I'm glad to see that they've won so many awards. Oh, like, that's good. I hadn't seen that. It, yeah, it's going nuts. Like it only launched, I think, October 2018, mm. and now it's gone international. Oh, you know, they're they're yeah. romping it home. Yeah, and and it deserves it for yeah. the like for for what it is, and and it's it's so clever, and like there's obviously been a lot of thought put into the characters, and and like it's only sort of five or six minutes, so it's a, it's a real sort of hit and run mission, but it really. Um, like it hits home when yeah. you watch it, and the and like I said, it, it from both angles, the kids love it, and the and the and the adults, yeah, <laughs> get onto it as well and, yeah. and learn a few lessons. Now, uh, what what were your parents like? Um, they were great. Like I've definitely, I think, like I've got no complaints about my parents. No, I made it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, they were brilliant. They were both um both professionals. So dad dad was a, a legal aid lawyer initially, and then um went to do some other things with the. In the in the state government, um, as a lawyer as well, and mum as a teacher, and then moved into um, uh, higher education, so doing uh, English as second language teaching. So they were um, like they they were looking after four kids, so they sort of they were both working full time, so time like they were time poor. But for like we all all four of us kids had lots of activities, so we played lots of sports and you know, had music lessons and all the rest. And they were there to take us to you know, they take us to all of our. You know, basketball games and footy games and swimming and you know we're driving my sister to rowing at five o'clock in the morning to you know picking up my brother from um basketball at basketball tent exactly <laughs> oh, that makes for long days yeah exactly exactly so no, they were really attentive and um good parents yeah and, and your dad in particular like have you taken any of what he did and sort of do you see some of his actions and behaviors filtering through your parenting yeah, I, uh, I think so. I, like, I, I'd like to think so. Anyway, I'd like to think that sort of taken some of the things that he had did. Like he was, he he was he was definitely firm, and he and he's he's I think he's really similar to me in, in that he's the the he's, he's he's really empathetic and really um, considerate of other people. But he's got a bit of a short fuse as well. So one of the things that perhaps that he um, he did was on. On a couple of on a couple of occasions, might have lost a little bit quicker than than he that he might otherwise have. Um, one one thing that comes to mind is a uh, we got to talk on swearing. So I got I got I got caught doing some swearing. <laughs> you weren't doing it properly. No, that's right. <laughs> that, that's right. And I think that whilst he was sort of sitting down having a very stern conversation with me and my sister, and you know, going a bit going redder and redder as he was sort of going along. We were sort of there, standing in front of him, pretty studiously, and, and taking the message. We knew it was seriously, and then he said, "I don't care, I don't care if the prime minister uses the language." And that was too much for me, so I burst out laughing. Thought it was hilarious, and then I looked out of the corner of my eye and, and saw this hand coming towards my face, <laughs> and it was one of those sort of full matrix moments where I sort of like leaned back, dodged the hand, saw it go past my face, and then <laughs> fair, like fair, fair enough, he I probably deserved you know what was coming, but. Um, and then uh, he deserved what was, what was lashing out. And then the cup, we kept getting the spray for a couple more minutes. And then he goes, I don't care. 
I don't care if the Queen uses it. And that was too much. I just lost it completely. Then whack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he calibrated by then. <laughs> that's, that's wrong. Shouldn't have closed my eyes. <laughs> but that was. But that's sort of. I don't know. That's something that sort of stuck in my mind as a as a as an incident, and it's something that I've sort of been really. Um, I'm not really conscious, but just conscious to try and avoid. And it's really hard. And sometimes when you, you, your kids are losing it at you, or they're they're screaming for no reason, or they won't do what you they're telling you're telling them to do, um, it's it's difficult to sort of control yourself. Not not necessarily physically, but just yeah, you know, just control your emotions anyway. Yeah, and I think I've I've had a chat to you about it before, really really briefly. But one I went was going through a course last year. And it was about, um, like, it was, it was one of those sort of generic leadership, no, it wasn't generic, it was a leadership course that they that you put you through. And one of the... Um, what, was it, what was it called? It was the Leaders for Geelong program. So it was a, two, it was a two-year course. Yeah. Um, which we finished up, which about sort of 25 people from Geelong go through it. And it takes two years and we yeah. finished up last year. Um, but one of the presenters spoke to us about ego. And one of his... Um, uh, one of his... Uh, ideas was that you need to sort of remove your ego from a conversation. So if you're going to be a leader and you're going to be leading people, then you don't need to think about what you uh, know what you need. You need to think about what what other people need. And when other people are addressing you, it's not necessarily because they're trying to please you. It's just trying to go from what their desires and what they need and how you know what they need you to do to get things done for them. And I sort of thought about this in the context of the children as well. Um, and like it kind of made sense that if you could try and remove yes you move the ego from yourself and i'm talking it not not ego in the sort of freudian like I'll, i might talk about that a bit later because yeah, yeah. i've had to think about that as well oh, like it's been something that's been playing on my mind for a few months anyway but it's not it's sort of egotistical so it's not not ego in the freudian sense but it's egotistical and it's what you need you know ego is not a dirty word it's a sort of sense of self so if you can sort of take that away from like i like understand that your children are not um, refusing to listen to you because they're disobeying you or they're not refusing to listen to you because they're you know, deliberately trying to you know, um, not give you the respect that you think you deserve. They're just being kids, right? Yeah. So if you can sort of take that side away of it and understand where it's coming from their perspective, then you know you can, it, you can take a step back for yourself and you can really sort of start to mellow out a little bit and understand things from, I suppose it's about understanding things from a perspective of a four-year-old or a three-year-old or a two-year-old or whatever it is. And if you can if put that into your own um, sense, the way you, you deal with your kids daily, it, it was kind of a light bulb thing for me. It kind of changed your whole what, approach. Can can change the whole approach. And so, like, I'm I'm not saying I do it all the time. I'm not saying I've I've, I've, I've definitely not saying I've cracked the code. <laughs> but in terms of me, in terms of the way that I was sort of dealing with things, and like rather than getting sitting there and getting frustrated and, and getting you know, more and more, you know, red in the face and, and, and raising voices. It's always, I'd sort of changed the approach from um, from making it demands on them from that side of things to sort of flipping it around to working out what they need for me to, what, what they need to understand what I need, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So the, mo- the, most, the most obvious way that I thought was from sort of positive reinforcement. So... Rather than sort of yell at them and, and demand they do things on me to go and speak to them, you know, hey, you're, you're normally really good at putting away your toys or you're normally really good at getting out of the bath or whatever it is. You're normally so good at this. Why aren't you doing it now? It'd be fantastic. I really would really be really great if you would come with me and um, get out of the bath now so that we can do something else, so that we can go and read a book or so that we can you know, go to bed. 
and I started sort of putting that into into practice when 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 I could, when I was thinking of it in the moment. Um, and it worked, you know, like it started to work for me and it started to work for the kids and I was getting less less frustrated and the, and the approach was, um, it was just sort of helping us get along better and get stuff done and get stuff done more quickly and get stuff done more, you know, efficiently in, in a friendly manner so that, that I wasn't losing it, you know, or not, lo- you know, wasn't getting frustrated at seven o'clock at night and going down and having a couple of beers just to wind down. Like yeah. it was all about having a good time with them and, and putting them down gently and, and, and getting along and, and, um, and just man, just managing life, yeah, managing so, life that way. So just to um, step back a little bit, so your approach then, can you just go through like an example again? Yeah, um, a good example happened on the weekend. So I was, I was, we had a barbecue with friends. It was time for like there was all the kids watching TV, 10, 10 kids in the room. I called out Will, my four-year-old, you know, Will, it's time to go. And, he, and, no, and his response is, no, I'm not going. I want to finish my show. And then so all the kids look at me, having, having, <laughs> oh, seen, having seen his, on. that's right, his defiant response. And then they sort of, I don't know, I sort of look to the side and take a breath and tell him again, you know, Will, it's time to go. You know, we've got, we've, we've got somewhere to be, we've got a, a routine to keep, it's time to move. And I got the same response from him, but, but louder and you know, there might have been a foot stamp in there yeah. or whatever it was. <laughs> so rather than the instinct, I mean, for me, the, for, this isn't for everybody, of course, but for me, the instinct would normally be to either raise the voice again or go and pick him up and and leave him yeah but rather than that i'll and this on this occasion i sort of stayed my way through the kids went down knelt by his side um at eye level i think it's really good to get to get them at eye level because if you're standing over them it's still that sort of um a power defying that, you so. yeah exactly exactly it's like a david and goliath kind of thing the power <laughs> imbalance um so yeah they knelt down by his side say hey we, uh, we really need to go. Like it's, you've been so good. It's been such a good day. Um, it'd be awesome if you came now because I don't. I don't want to get cross. I don't want to get frustrated with you. But it's time for us to leave. And he, like, lo and behold, stood up. Okay, that'd be good. Yeah. Okay, happy to go. So got up and you know we left without without a scene, without a tantrum, and you know good friends rather rather than mortal enemies is what it might otherwise be. <laughs> with a friend sort of slow clapping. On the <laughs> How right. the hell did you pull that off? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> exactly. So that, 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 that was a kind of example. And, then, and in, that, in that moment, in that instance, this was the kind of thing that was going through my head. You know, okay, let's, let's try and make it work by you know, reversing and understanding what he needs, taking my ego out of it because even though he's defying me you know, he, and you know, he's defying me, doesn't he know who I am? I'm the father. He should be listening to me. No, no. Let's let's have a think about where he is. You know, he's watching TV. He's been having a good time. He's got friends here. He doesn't want to be seen to be made a, you know, to to be pushed around as well. Yeah, uh, he's a, he's a four year old. So let's try and take it back onto the level. Get down to our level of him and have a conversation about, you know, extracting himself from there, but in a way that makes him feel good about himself. And 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 at the end, made me feel good about myself as well by getting it, getting it out without a scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, we made that one. <laughs> mm. But that sort of followed on. I mean, I'm not sure what you were. I'm happy to just keep keep going and sort of talking about that. But no, because then you mentioned obviously working on from the ego. Yeah, because like, you've been having the thoughts. Yeah, exactly. The Freudian way of looking at that as well. Yeah. So when when this guy gave the presentation to us, I didn't really get it because I've sort of come at it from a, you know, that very basic undergraduate. Um, Serial box psychology kind of thing. So, understand. and you did a lot of the classical reading as well, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. Some of that stuff, and then some of that later. And then we worked through the through the undergrad and through some reading afterwards. But if if we looked at it through the 
say that the, the, the Freudian um, I'm, I don't profess at all to be an expert on this and there'll be, be so many people in this even in this block that know a lot more a lot more about this than I do but um, there was a, it was a Freudian Freud's personality complex or something similar to that where you've got the the id the ego and the superego so the id um, is the like it's sort of um, instinctual primordial illogical search for for pleasure so you can't you know it's what you need to you just go for what you're after whether it's for food or for you know, sexual drive or whatever that's that that's that id that, that's sort of built into all of us instinctive yeah exactly the instinctive that doesn't really get controlled and then so that's 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 a three-year-old right yeah <laughs> so a three-year-old is the embodiment is the embodiment of, of the id it has got no it's got no filter it's got nothing sort of holding it back it's just um it does. It just searches out for what it wants to do. And a kid, you know, anything from zero to three, or, or you know, before they can start to think a bit more, is built into the id. So maybe think about that. And that's before they get the. So the the opposite of the id is the super ego. Where the super ego is um, all the sort of uh, all the the rules and the morals that you learn through society. And it's your it's the picture of who you want to be. And you know. Uh, it's how you see yourself and how you want how you want to treat people and how you how you want to be treated. So that's the super ego. So that's all the stuff that's learned. But as a three year old or a two year old, like they haven't learned that stuff. They haven't learned any super ego. They haven't learned any of these sort of social norms or you know standards of behaviour or morals that that have been sort of in you know learnt over many years. Yeah, exactly. And sort of sort of ploughed into us for you know since we were kids. Like they're not there yet. So they haven't learnt the way of sort of you know, dealing with people and behaving. And this, this, I'm sure there's books. Yes, I'm sure this is, this is someone's definitely worked this out before. <laughs> before someone much smarter and, and well read than me has worked this out. So, like, I don't know. It just made me think that like treating treating a child like like the id rather than having the a super ego. And then the, you know, in the middle of that, you've got the id, the ego. So the ego is is sort of what controls the id. So the ego is a thing that it's still sort of searching for for fun things and for pleasure and for food and all that, but it's not doing it in a way that's completely illogical and completely... Um, Is it more a conscious seeking out things? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And a way to... It's, I think that from... I think Freud from memory described it as being like the the rider on the horse. Like the horse is the... you got no rider on the horse. That horse is going anywhere and it's going exactly for what it wants. Like it's going yeah. straight for the food, food, water, like it's for a fuck, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um. But the ego is the rider on that, and the ego is the one that's sort of controlling that. So it's still taking you to where you want to go, but in a controlled way. And kids, I've, I like thinking about it that way. The kids they don't have this, the, the rider controlling them. They they just are the horse. Like they're, they're yeah. just going for exactly what they want to they're do. Exploring the paddock. Exactly, and they don't know. They don't know any different. They don't know any different, and they've got no one telling them. They don't. They don't understand that there's there's other things to do. And when they defy, and when they do not, you know. Things they shouldn't do, whether it's you know, all the things that kids do, it's not it's not a conscious, it's not a deliberate thing. It's just who they are, and it's just just who they are in their biology because they haven't learned these other things. That 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 is if you are to take this, you know, the Freudian theory. Yeah. You know, if you, if you're trying to apply it, and if you believe it, then apply it. But it's just it's just something that's sort of filtered through my head, and something that I've. I've sort of tried to apply and tried to, to look, it's a lens to look at things through and look at, and look at your, you know, look at your parenting style through and understand that the kids don't mean to do this. Yeah. They are just, they're just a biological creature that is sort of driven by this. And do you find it sort of allows you to sort of then almost like 
back away from the situation yeah. and almost observe it from a third point exactly. and just just observe and go wow this is happening right now yeah precisely you know? exactly and you can rationalize things that are would otherwise be irrational yeah you know this completely irrational behavior from your from your child is rationalized in your own mind yeah and you can and once you can rationalize that then you can adjust your own behavior based on that because we do have the things that can help us Know, through these you know. well it, the onus is on us exactly to actually not rise to the 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 needles that normally would hit your buttons and send you off into defcon 5 exactly <laughs> exactly exactly so if you if you if you sort of marry up the two of those theories like you the, you take away the ego you know the ego's not to do where from us while sort of looking at the children to the lens of this sort of you know this sort of Freudian tripartite it's 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 it, i've found it easier to temper my own behavior and to um and to just chill out a bit more. <laughs> yeah. Especially like you come home from work and you're sort of like, you're stressed, you've had people at you all day and then you come home and your kids are being shits. <laughs> you look at it and you go, well, they're tired. They're, they're, being, they're being driven by those other things and um, it's rational behavior for them and we try and rationalize it for us and, and, you know, and treat it appropriately rather than getting frustrated and, and on edge. Yeah. yeah. And, and what sort of age do you think... I mean, obviously, it's a continual spectrum, but do you, do you have a feeling for, for when the ego is sort of more established and then the superego? From memory, I think Freud had it at three to five. It starts getting established. The ego. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know, you know that the, like the actual psychologists would know this, and I'm just you know, I'm uh, making this stuff up as we go along. But, <laughs> but I've sort of seen it within Will. So Will is four four and a half now and he's starting to understand people and he's starting to think about what other people would want in terms of you know, i think i mentioned it before but sort of putting away his toys and and looking at he's looking at things that would please his parents so me and steph um and he gets gratification from that as well because he can see that we've you know we tell him he's been good and he's done the right thing and he and he's sort of you know, starting to filter that empathy through his behavior as well yeah which is which is which is cool to see and you, but you don't want to be one of those you don't want to be a parent that you know, require certain things of the kids and want them to sort of form the line every time. You want to have them to be an independent thought. You know, um, you want them to have, you know, an inquisitive mind and, you know, have a fearless heart about the way they, they go about things. Yeah. But it's still nice to do the right thing every now and, <laughs> well, now and then. Well, certainly realise that they're living in a house full of other people. That's exactly. they can't just, you know, leave their shit everywhere and just with impunity. Exactly, exactly. And maybe that's some of that super ego stuff as well. That sort of you know, moral behaviour and that you know that social that social behaviour that gets learned and is getting picked up on. Yeah. By that stage. Yeah. And and do you think um, like are there are there any other fathers that you've sort of observed that seem to have an approach that that has worked and you've looked at and gone, gee, that's they've got it wired like, and taken any sort of hints and tips from that? Yeah, it's like it's interesting. There's. Uh, I, I I don't think I can point to one because I don't think anyone else would ever claim to have it wide or yeah. anyone was ever, any of us would ever claim to have this um <laughs> to, ha- to have this have this gig sorted out. <laughs> if they do, they're delusional. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. But you can sort of I mean you see people and you sort of pick up things that that work and don't work. Like you can see your some of your friends where their, their kids might have them you know, wrapped around their finger a little bit. Like they 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 give too much to the children, and you say, well, you know, maybe let's try and set some boundaries and set some rules for, for our kids so that they don't, you know, take, don't take too much. Yeah. Um, and then it goes the other side where you sort of see parents that discipline too hard 
or you know yell and, and sort of roll by fear a little bit hmm. and so you don't want to sort of flow into that extinguish the yeah, flame yeah exactly exactly but I'd I mean I'd, I'd sort of hesitate to sort of call out anyone in particular and um at the moment because I just think that we've all got our own different styles and, and some things yeah. work and just take snippets from various instances go yeah I like that I like that no exactly. I'm not keen on that exactly and if you find like with all these kind of things if you find one thing that works for you from every observation or every conversation you have then then, then it's been worthwhile yeah yeah I've definitely found just keeping my eyes open and just open to trying new stuff whenever I see something happening you go, how the hell did they do that yeah <laughs> that's amazing yeah exactly and the kids are loving it that okay that's that, that's something I've got to get into <laughs> yep. yeah yeah now um you're you're a really keen surfer as well yeah I enjoy it like what sort of age do you I mean do you think uh Will and Ella do you think it's something that they'll pretty much go to are, are they keen swimmers do they love the water at the moment yeah they definitely love the water I'd, I'd love to see I mean Will's sort of getting on the boogie board and and having a good time there he's he's um definitely got a stronger self sense of self-preservation than, than, than ella does <laughs> right ella will throw ella's like a lemming she'll just throw herself off anything <laughs> but will is, will is she's, very, a, she's gonna be a stunt girl yeah that's right exactly exactly so will's will's a little bit more um he's a little bit more aware of his surroundings and a little bit more um conscious of those but i think that i'd, I'd love to see i mean let him take their own path and that kind of stuff but yeah i'd like to think that they'd sort of get in the water in the next sort of three or four years and Start to start to enjoy it from that side of things too. Certainly a great place to do it, isn't it? Here, yeah, exactly, exactly. You couldn't be any luckier. Mm. Have they shown any sort of sparks for things in particular? Um, uh, you mentioned obviously Will playing with Lego and building, yeah, trucks and stuff. That's exactly, a rite of passage, isn't it for, <laughs> for boys yeah. in particular? Yeah, precisely. Um, lots of that sort of standard sort of four-year-old stuff, but nothing. I mean. I, I don't think he'll. I mean, I, he might prove me wrong, but I don't think he's going to be a prodigy in anything in particular. I think he's sort of got a bit of a. He's got a broad range of interests, and um, he he can choose his own path and do what he wants to do, whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah. You won't be pushing him into law. I won't be pushing him into law. <laughs> no. no, I'd like to think that he's got a much more creative brain than <laughs> than, than than what a lawyer would normally have. <laughs> No, um, and you're you're also quite into biking as well. Yep. Is yep. that sort of mountain biking, road biking? Uh, I jump on the mountain bike. I haven't got a. I don't have. I don't own a road bike. I think you know, riding on the road next to cars and trucks, doing hundred yeah. k's an hour is pretty uh, intense. Yeah, I think that's you know, it's a, it takes a certain type of person to to want to do that. Yeah, and also I like the quiet of the mountain biking. Like when you're on the, when you're on the road, you, like you're surrounded by the noise and all the sounds and the, the cars and trucks and city traffic or town traffic whatever it is but when you're on the mountain bike it's just you and just you in the woods you're in the trail yeah exactly exactly it's great yeah and you see awesome stuff out there too like down here there's like you see you know, whether it is a kangaroo or an echidna or anything every time you go out you see something new the deers i've seen like three or four deer down here which i didn't sort of didn't expect to see yeah yeah <laughs> especially in the middle of the path yeah, that's right <laughs> get out of the way <laughs> But it's also about find, like that's about yeah you. It's the same with surfing, right? It's like you in the elements and just finding a bit of zen, yeah, just for an hour or so before you get back to day to day life. Yeah, back into it. Yeah. Exactly. Are, are there any other things you do for sort of winding down or? Um, I think that those. I think the sport is the and just the sort of physical activity. I think and the 
the, the mornings, like the swimming in the mornings is just so good for your mental health. And it's gold, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, so a swimmer or a surf, if, I, if you can get a swim in the surf in the morning, I think you introduced me to like own the, win the morning, win the day kind of thing. Like if you can get that out of your way and then I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm just in a better mood. I'm just a better person for the Absolutely. Rest of the day. Yeah. I find Saturdays in particular. I think Saturdays used to be really tough for me because I have so many things I wanted to get done on a Saturday. And yeah. I, I'm an internal optimist. I mean, I'd, I'd stack it three times what I could actually get done. Yeah. And then by like 1 p.m., I've done one thing. Yeah. I'm just, right. I see the, 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 the rest of the day, and there's no way that any of that list, even a small modicum of that list, is going to get fitted in. And I just get depressed for the rest of the day. So just setting up with, meet up with the boys, 7 30, hitting the water, just doing what, K and a half or something. Yep. Yep. It's, it's fun. And then, you know, coffee afterwards, it's such a social thing. And, um, I, I mean, like last week, like how would you describe last week? That was pretty intense, wasn't it? It was wicked. There was, you know, it was, like uh, well, it was when they held the bells final, so it was you know eight ten foot of bells, which makes it you know there's bumps that are there. The you know, pretty a, big yeah, swell. Yeah, I made a bumps coming through. Yeah, and sort of seeing you know, the way that people like were swimming, and every time you like you'd, you'd have a look around at the friend, you'd people swimming around you, and everyone was sort of like just rising and falling over these massive <laughs> bumps in what is otherwise normally a bay. Yeah. But Beige. it was crystal clear as well, wasn't oh, it? Oh, it was beautiful. So yeah. you could see the, 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 the floor about four or five metres down. Yeah. Just like, and you'd, dis- you'd raise up like yeah. a yeah. metre and a half or something and then drop back down. Exactly. And, and you get a whole different perspective when you're up there. You can sort of see, like you're looking down over the, over the markers and over the cliffs and whatever else. Not, you're not looking down over the cliffs, but you're looking down over, over the, the boys. Yeah, exactly. It was really good. B1, B2. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I think we'll have to choose different um, different coloured caps next week. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. Um, would you like another beer? Yes. Okay, hang on. Here's a, a, partic- Ooh, pardon me, a particularly nice drop. Yeah, you picked a good one. <laughs> yeah, we need to get sponsored by... <laughs> 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 and brought to you by uh, Atomic Paleo. What do they say? Now it's time to pay the bills. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so um, how does it go working alongside Steph? I mean, uh, Steph, you know, obviously has a, I imagine, a very different parenting style to yourself. How do you find that sort of collaboration, so to speak? Yeah, it's good. Like it's, 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 it's an interesting question. Um, she's, if, if it was to be Bluey, she's definitely more of the dad in Bluey and I'm definitely more of the mum. She's more fun. Like she does, she plays heaps of games. She wants to be really. She's really great friends with him. Um, but He's like, oh, you're you're the fun one. I, why do I? Have to <laughs> that's <right. laughs> But um, but I, I've got I've got my routines, and I need like say getting out of the house in the morning. Like I can I like I, if it's up to me to get the kids up and get them out of the house, then I'll get them up and out you know, within like on time and on budget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if it's up to her, it'll take. It'll be an extra half an hour. It'll be a shambles. I come back, there'll be shit on the walls. Like <laughs> the house will be on fire. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. So I think we've 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 struck a pretty good balance. In those, and then it changes, right? Like sometimes she'll like she'll take on that role and and be more rigid and like well, there's stuff to do. And I'll be I'll be the fun one for a little bit. So what would actually cause the 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 changeover so to speak uh, i think it's a driver in what you want to do so if i if i want to get out if i, I want to get to work and want to get to child care by eight o'clock and be at my desk at 15 8 15 or whatever yeah. it is then i'll move things along to make sure that happens yeah 
But if she wants to go to, I don't know, go visit the in laws, exactly, exactly, then I'll be the one dragging my heels. And (laughs) (laughs) yeah, (laughs) but it's but I mean it's challenging too because you want to one thing that that my folks did very well I think was they were always on the same page. So when it came to you know discipline or um, you know having conversations with us, they always maintained a united front. And so it's really I've, I've sort of seen that as an important way to. Um, to to communicate a message to yeah. our kids, and it's it's not always the way. Like it doesn't all. We don't always, you know, are not always exactly on the same page, and that can be. I find that can be frustrating. Yeah. Do you yeah. do like do you deliberately sit down with Steph and sort of go through a game plan, or what's what's your approach there, or is it just implied, or you you've worked together, you kind of get a feel for the way each one's going to take control of certain things. Yeah, I think it's kind of it's more kind of fluid like that. Um, we sort of just work it through, and I think it will, it will always be that. I I, I would I, I would always I I would like to think I don't think I always do, but I would like to think that I would always support the position that she's taken on something, and and sort of vice versa. <laughs> Not roll your eyes, go. Oh, That's right. To a close Exa- exactly, exactly. <laughs> or don't listen to mum. Or oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, so is, I mean that's obviously a big thing then. So never undermining. Steph. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and maybe that's you talked before about what things that you've seen other people do or not do. That's one thing that I've you know, I have that I do observe. And I'm sure that everyone does it, but it's something that sort of sticks in my head when the, the parents are coming at something from a different angle. And and it, it can be confusing for the for the kids. Hmm. I think and it can be confusing for the parents as well. If you're not uh, you know, if you're not presenting United Front and you're not sort of driving towards one particular goal for that issue. And I can't, and I've, I haven't experienced it, but I can imagine that's where people that have um, split families or sort of separated that would be really, really difficult because yeah. you've got pe- you've got parents that are coming at it from you know completely separate angles. Yeah, um, and there could be animosities there and all sorts of things. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think that, would, and I, you can sort of see the effect on the kid as well. That if I've, I've seen ones where like I haven't supported Steph or or vice versa, and I think that the, the kids don't. They don't really know how to respond when they're getting mixed messages. Yeah, and so if you can if you can keep it as consistent as as possible, then I think it's it creates a lot of environment of stability for them as well. Yeah, because that, that goes back to your boundaries as well, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And if they don't have that kind of, those kind of boundaries and that stability and that sort of knowledge of how to behave and how to conduct themselves, then you know you're not you're, you're you know arguably not presenting as a you know a good example and you know not not sort of showing leadership for the kids and not showing them, them how you you know how to how to behave and how to respond and whether it's in the house or once they sort of get out into this you know the wider world as well yeah and do you guys so um have you gone about setting boundaries with the kids mm. um i don't really don't know if we've had a specific conversation about it i think we've, we've i think we've we we i feel like we're really aligned Okay, our sort of values are really aligned. Um, there's a there's a strong respect, like in in our marriage. Um, so I don't know whether we've really had to sort of sit down and and set and set particular boundaries. It's just sort of been intuitive and what's sort of expected from from the other. And that's that's a you know, that's a it's great. Yeah, it's good. But it's a product of like having known like having known each other for a long time and being yeah. married for almost ten years and 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 really liking each other and really respecting each other. Ah, bonus. Yeah, sort of, yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, I'm joking. <laughs> but that's what kind of filters through, and and hopefully that's. And the kids are like read that. Yeah, I, I think they can pick holes in stuff straight away. Yeah, absolutely. You no, know, they're, they're totally attuned to us, 
and just watching everything because that's how they they learn certainly in the first few years of life yeah and, and to expect them to not pick up on stuff like that exactly you know, you're just asking for trouble <laughs> precisely like everything they learn is by osmosis pretty much mm. just by observing and being part of it yeah, it's fantastic when the, you drop an F-bomb. <laughs> like, there's a particular example I remember. <laughs> I think Sarah stubbed her toe or something like that because <laughs> she doesn't swear. Yeah. And let one out. And I was like, that's so on you. <laughs> we all started saying Because <laughs> normally it'd be me. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you've, got, you've got to capture those moments. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a moment of, sort of yep. <laughs> it's a delight for yep. me. And just bring it out as often as you can <laughs> afterwards. It's, it's amazing. Amazing how kids pick up on 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 the swear words. Like I remember a friend um, that I used to uh, you know, train with in Tokyo, and they just had kids, and he sort of said, "Okay, so uh, so my 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 firstborn has, has started uh, mimicking everything we say. So swearing, one of life's pleasures, absolutely gone now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If they sort of take it away from you one, one, one piece at a time. It amazes me how they actually know that it's a, a swear word. They know that it's not, like, yeah, they shouldn't be saying they, it. They must pick up on the body language, the, the, um, you know, the context. Well, that, that's what amazes me is that they put it in the, the perfect context <laughs> yeah, every single time. It. Exactly. Especially in front of grandma. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we had one of my sisters, my Steph's sister's kid, um, had their little, their little dog was in the, was in the wardrobe. And she said, get out of the dog, Billy. Get out of the wardrobe, Billy. Get out of the wardrobe, Billy. Get out of the fucking wardrobe, you little fucker. <laughs> so two uses of the word fuck in exactly the right context. Nailed for it. For a four-year-old is brilliant. <laughs> and you just stand there and go, I can't fold that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. What am I supposed to say? <laughs> so many jokes. So little time. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I'm just, just thinking back. Yeah. Okay. Right. This, this descends very quickly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Two beers in and it's off. That's right. No, I think, um, but when you take that, uh, when you look at that example, you know, they pick up the context, the, the in, inference, everything from that example. So to not expect them to do it in every other situation you know, we're kind of deluding ourselves if we, we think they aren't going to mimic everything we do. And, and I suppose it's up to us to be be the, not the, not so much a role model, but to know that they are modeling everything we do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I suppose that, I mean, going back to what we were saying before, there's that sort of super, super ego stuff in there as well. You know, these are, these are the way they're expected to behave. They know it's not the right the right thing to say, even if they do get it in context every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we we with Will. There was a uh, a spate of saying, "Yes, truck, truck, truck." Yeah, truck. Here it is. It's over here. <laughs> I'm not falling for that one, guys. Yeah, it's like, do you think I'm dumb? That's right. Do you think I'm a three year old or something? <laughs> <laughs> Another thing as well with, um, I mean, language. Obviously, they they pick up, but um, so much more from. I think. I feel that when when they have friends over and stuff as well, it's really interesting how I sort of respond to other kids yeah. in in the group. And I, I don't know about you, but whether you have like a, a preferential treatment, I don't want to say preferential treatment, but you expect certain things from your kids and, and kind of expect it from others. Yeah. And I really have to sort of pull myself back from that 
and not have those expectations on the other kids and just almost observe it and go, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. Right they're, they're behaving that way. I wouldn't have really called that way. Yeah. Or gone, oh, wow, that's amazing. How did the parents pull that one off? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the same kind of thing, like it's the same with your own kids. You don't want to be affronted and, and sort of feel, um, you know, take it personally. It's just the way that they are. And just yeah. The way and, and it's not them. Exactly. Yeah. But um, I think when it comes to... Oh, where was I actually going with that? I had a great thought then, Tom. <laughs> It'll come back about 3.30 <laughs> in the evening. Yeah. No, no. I was thinking when, um, when, when in that situation, I think what you said earlier about stepping out and just observing what's going on mm. is incredibly helpful because it, like when the buttons get pressed, yeah. they think they can push this button and it's off and racing. Yeah. The, being able to just step back and go... Oh, yeah, that's great. So you've done that. Okay, well, um, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and Or at least be thinking this. Yeah. Because so many of the times early on, just something would happen <laughs> and it would just hit right on the mark. Yeah. And, and before I'd know it, I'd be, you know, up in DEFCON 3 maybe yeah. <laughs> and, and sort of scrambling back. And I think a lot of that came from obviously just having one sort of uh, a lot of sort of how my dad sort of dealt with me and so on and it was just learned behavior yeah. and i think we get a lot of this in society where we've we've just learned it and we haven't actually and i'm speaking purely from my own experience we haven't really been as deliberate in how we want to move forward with things or react in certain situations yeah and that's something i'm certainly very mindful of now and trying to fix <laughs> yeah exactly and that's it isn't it just being mindful of the situation and trying to understand where you are and being really and trying to be self-aware and just be conscious of the way that you're feeling and the way that you're dealing with and it's really hard <laughs> especially when you're tired exactly and, when, and it's almost like when the stakes are the highest that's when the the, the behavior can be the most that's the time you've got to have the most presence of mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's, such, it's almost like being a Zen monk or yeah, something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Shaolin trailing, training for dads. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, but that sort of consciousness. And I've never practiced any mindfulness or anything like that, but it sounds like that feeds into it, just being really aware of the situation and being aware of the way that you're behaving and sort of feeling the mercury rising in yourself and then stopping it before it blows at the end. Yeah. Um, Hear the whistle. So That's right. <laughs> that's, right. <laughs> that's a trigger. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. Do, I mean, do you do you have any triggers yourself? Do you, do you recognize any? Um, I, I, I definitely recognize myself when I'm starting to, you know, starting to blow, starting to get to the, get, get there. And I'm and I'm not, I'm not. I don't think I'm good enough at sort of stepping away or sort of understanding or stepping outside of the situation. Yeah, but I definitely I, I can. I feel myself doing, um, blowing it. I don't. I don't know. I think the, the trigger for me at the moment is probably screens. He's right. talking. He's talking to my kids and sort of saying something four or five times, and they won't respond because they're looking at their iPad or looking at the TV, uh, yeah. and that's what drives me insane. Yeah. So that's what that's what I sort of see myself. I don't, voice levels rising in yeah yeah getting um more frustrated about that it's a tough one isn't it the screens because like they're so useful in certain situations <laughs> and 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 it's a rod for your own back yeah exactly but then i find myself looking and, and saying 
the the two minute countdown and stuff like that or or with an episode yeah it'll be okay after this episode then it's bath time yeah but i have to set an alarm now on my phone i have to look at how long the episode's got to go because yeah. annie she'll just play the next one and then i'll come in and say come on it should be finished but no no it's only halfway through yeah. <laughs> and so i have to set an alarm now so it rings and like 30 seconds before the show's over and i can walk up and go oh it's it's over great and <laughs> take it off and then yeah. right jump in the bath yeah exactly and it's kind of about sitting like once you you, you set those boundaries like no ipad over dinner or whatever it is and yeah this the you do it you know, a thousand times and the one time that you do it yeah, you let them go. Then like it's all bits are off. Oh, like the, yeah. I find that, thinking back to when we trained the dog Maggie, and I hate to put the two in the same bracket, <laughs> but like a dog, I found well with our dog anyway, she's a pattern recognizing machine. Yeah, like she just recognizes the patterns of your behavior, and and behaves accordingly. Yeah. And when I was doing the initial training with her, I'd find I'd be really consistent, really consistent, and then. Like, for example, making her sleep on her bed. Like, that was, that was one of the things that we found was the best thing we trained her to do. But you, you let the foot off the gas a little bit and you let her sleep. You, you turn a blind eye to her sleeping on the couch one night. Yeah. And we've got a leather couch and, and so it's not a massive issue, but we don't want her sleeping on the couch. Yeah. And then it's like every night for the next week... You've got to get up a couple of times in the night to grab her off the couch and put her back on her bed. Right. And you do that. You have to do that three or four nights to yeah. recalibrate and get her back onto, oh, shit, he means it. I've really got to sleep on the bed this time. Yep. Do it yeah. once and all bets oh, are off. Yeah. yeah. Start from the start. Totally. You can totally undermine yourself just by letting <laughs> it slip once. Yeah, exactly. And the, the screen time things, it's a real concern because, I mean, there's a number of reports that have come out over the last few weeks talking about, you know, screen time being a real factor in you know developmental learning and that sort of thing and yeah and trying to limit it to like 30 to 30 minutes to an hour yeah. a day yeah hard to do and it's also the rubbish they watch too like the go-to for our kids is like straight to youtube yeah. so they watch youtube and watch these like these videos with with no story no plot no you know, like no, no no lessons. <laughs> yeah. At least at least the old cartoons and the stories we used to watch had lessons, or there was like a a, a, a you know a, a a learning to take out of it. Yeah, this is just videos of kids playing, other kids playing with trucks, or you know, and they're, they're loving it. Yeah, they love it. They're, they're, it's like it's like crack for kids. Yeah. Like they, like <laughs> they just can't get them away from it. Oh. But then, like that, that's one of the things. Like I suppose the other example about sort of me like stepping out of my own ego is, is going to have that quiet conversation. I found that that's worked pretty, pretty well with Will as well. He's like, hey, I know you're enjoying this and it's really the fun. It'll still be there tomorrow. Um, if you hit the button now and turn it off, then you know, then we can go on upstairs and have a play. And that seems to be working pretty well yeah. too. And we've sort of worked through a routine with him and, and he's getting much better than what he was saved 12 months ago. And the worst thing, though, I mean, I went to a restaurant. We went to a restaurant with a family a couple of years ago and then the whole family was at the... There was three kids, two parents. The two parents they're sitting looking at their phones, and the three kids are there on, they're on their each had an iPad, and that's it's like the <laughs> why bother going out? Exactly, it's, it's like just the, get takeaway. That's right. No, it's it's the one thing you want to avoid. Mm. That's that's extreme, but it happens, right? And oh, I was, totally. that was and I was in a flash restaurant in yeah. Anyway, wow, yeah, it's scary, isn't it? Yeah, but what we can do, we can sort of help guide them through and. Um, help them live by the you know, by our own sort of moral code and and the way that we sort of deal with it, and hopefully they sort of follow along and yeah, and I don't think, don't fall too far off the track. Yeah, and um, 
it's an interesting one the the, the whole screen time thing I, one of the the little tricks i heard one of the guys use with his family is the the kids can actually earn credits to watch like 20 minutes of tv oh yeah and um if they if they use it all up then it's gone and they have to do something that's outside of their normal chores to actually earn back another 20 minutes. That's a great idea. And so, yeah, it's one that I'm going to have a go with because, <laughs> um, I mean, we, we had a, like a, a behavior ladder on the fridge a while back. Yeah. And that worked really well. Yeah. Our friend sort of gave us that hack and it was a case of having sort of 10 steps on the ladder and a, a printed picture of the, a toy, a small you know, inexpensive toy that Annie or Emily wanted and they yeah. had a ladder each. And then for every good thing they did, uh, like a chore that was outside their normal sort of chores, yeah, they go up the ladder. But uh, I think I mentioned this before, Annie gamed it real quick and she was like, after about three weeks, she's like, okay, I can get this in like a day. And like she'd <laughs> run around and just, and so we had to pull that one down. <laughs> like, okay. Smart, <laughs> smart kid. Yeah. So you, you got to be really careful how you set the rules. Yeah, yeah that's genius. But, uh, but it'd be interesting to try with the screen time thing. I mean, yeah. last night was interesting. We, we got them onto Autodesk, the sort of iPad app for drawing. Yep. And and all three of them jumped on it um, straight away and taking in turns and drawing pictures. And we were just emailing them off to Nana and, and Grandma. Yeah. And um, and that was really fun to watch. And, and Annie's certainly taken to art. She's really got into uh, art le- lessons uh, at school and does lots of drawing. I'm sure all kids do. But... Um, but it, I think it, she turned a corner last night playing on the iPad mm. using a pretty good drawing tool. She could see the colors she could generate and she, she was there for ages. That's brilliant. And, and for me, that was like, oh, it's so better than what she'd normally play yeah. with. And it's all her input, not yeah. a game that's been created for her. So I was pretty chuffed with that and I'm going to do some research into like a good app. I think Autodesk desk looked really solid. So we'll we'll yeah. go with that for a while, but um, what's yeah. the thing? Isn't it making something constructive out of what they, you know, out of what's put is as otherwise completely unconstructive is would be really, it's really good. Yeah, and I suppose I mean in a digital sense, it's what they're going to be using, like analog. So true. I mean, that's what we bought. We bought a bit of art set for Christmas two years ago and stuff like that. But it's pencils and pens and paints. Yeah, and yet re- in reality, that's not going to be a big part of yeah what really she does point. it. In the future, I mean, it'll be quite a speciality, I imagine. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. Handwriting and, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I must say, on handwriting, a friend of mine put me on to uh, fountain pens a while back. And I do enjoy writing a letter. Right. With And it feels so old school. Oh, it is <laughs> old school. But it's it's a really... I enjoy it, especially when I go on work trips. Yeah. I'll I'll sort of take a, a few aerograms or something and sort of write them out and and it's for me it's one of the best things to receive an aerogram or a letter from someone <laughs> just out of the blue. There's something different about getting something in the mail, about getting a postcard or a letter is you know. The only letters you get at the moment are bills and <laughs> and, right. and politi- you know, election flyers at the moment. Yeah. Oh a lot of those are <laughs> Yeah. Um great for lighting the pizza oven. Very good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Well, I think we better wrap things up there because I've held you up for quite a bit of time, Tom. <laughs> That's been great. It's, uh, it's been wonderful having you on the show. Thanks ever so much for coming along and uh, look forward to um, catching up with you for a swim next week. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's, it's a really good um, uh, idea that, you, that you're moving along with now. So hopefully you get a few more ideas and see how we go. 
Well, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Tom. Before you go, if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd really love it if you could take a minute to give it a review on whatever platform you consume your podcasts on, or if you could recommend it to a friend. Either way, it's a great help for me. As always, if you have any questions or want to reach out to me, my email is rich at thedadmindset.com. Hope you have a great week, and in the meantime, enjoy your caffeinated beverage. (laughs) 